0: morning Cornerstone uh, my name is Matthew and I'll be doing the scripture reading for today which comes from Galatians chapter 1 verses 1 through 10 uh, you can follow in your own Bibles or on the screen up here uh, Verse one Paul an apostle not from men nor through man but through Christ uh, through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia Grace to you and peace from God our Father through the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever, amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, soon now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. The word of the Lord.
1: So today is our first in a series of messages that we're going to be going through this letter in the New Testament called Galatians. And the message of Galatians, uh, I chose this book because it's very relevant for us today, as is the scriptures in total. But especially Galatians, um, where we are as a society, I thought of this. and so. We're going to be tackling this uh, book section by section until we get through the, it's a shorter book, it's uh, only a few chapters, and the reason why is because we live in a time where people are confused at this point about what is fiction and what is fact, what is truth and what is not true um, and false, and oh, and I forgot to get my pointer here, yeah, there we go yeah because the lord jesus said the truth will set you free and this is the verse where he said that the truth will set you free when he was referring to himself being that truth and those of us who follow his teachings as well so he's saying if you if you look to me i will set you free and the truth of what he speaks as well galatians teaches <coughs> excuse me of the true freedom that is found only in christ and so again we need to be reminded again and again as followers of jesus of what is the gospel now we're literally living in an age where we've heard this term a lot fake news uh, i don't know if you've heard that before right fake news <laughs> of course you have If you've been around for the last four five six years but it's because the internet. The internet is full, a uh, great resource of information. It's probably the the biggest resource of information that we all use now. We just go and Google or whatever Bing or whatever we use to find out what we need to. But the truth is that while uh, there's so much information on the internet, there's some information that is presented as what we say is real information and fact-driven information that's totally false and made up. Uh, and and people will buy that without checking the sources. And so we need to check if what we're looking at is a reliable source rather than just, uh, as some people say, drink the Kool-Aid without checking on where that Kool-Aid is coming from. For example, I came across this website that's called a news website that claims all these articles that are crazy. And for example, there's one that I just recently that the military arrested Former President George W. Bush. The military arrested him, and he's under now tribunal court or something like that. Uh, It's crazy. There's another one that I read on the same website that President Biden is currently and has been for a while in a coma, and that the person that we see that has that little (coughs) cough, he's the doppelganger. He's the lookalike that's carrying and doing the work of the country. Uh, This is how crazy this website is. Uh, all the articles are written by the same guy. And even in the, the website itself, if you go and look at the About section, it says this, uh, I quote, this website contains humor, parody, and satire. End quote. And then he goes on to say that, yeah, I included this statement because of my lawyers saying I better do this for my own protection. <laughs> so when you read this, it's not even claiming there that what he's saying is accurate. But the whole presentation of the website is that it is absolute true. And so I know people that have, I've, I'm, I know this website because people have told me about it to take a look because it's got such interesting stuff in it and they believe this stuff. It's really uh, sad to say. In the internet world, it's important for us to always go to this, where the source could be if we can. And if we can't, then the source is probably fake. And so we need to know, is the source of our, what we're believing in reliable? And this is the same thing and the same approach we need for when we ask this question and try to answer the question is, what is the gospel? What is the gospel of Jesus that he brings to the world that we trust in so wholeheartedly? What is the gospel? And do we even know really how to, to answer that question. Because where's the information that we're getting to decide on what is the gospel in our own minds? Where is the source that we're going to reliable, or is it our own thinking? Or is it just what we hear from others? Or is it from the inspired word of God? So what would be your answer if I, had, if I just pointed to one of you now and had you come up to the podium and just kind of explain what is the gospel? How would you answer that question? I'm not gonna do that, don't freak out. But what is the gospel? And this was a question in the minds of the Galatian believers in the first century that the Apostle Paul knew that they were trying, starting to waver on this, so, and so he wrote this letter to the churches in Galatia. And we'll be studying this letter because it answers this very important question in many different ways. What is the gospel? So let me give you first a little historical background about this letter, since we're just jumping into it today, uh, and to help us understand this letter a little better. So, Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote this letter to the churches in Galatia. Here's a map of that. You can see the area in Asian Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey, where Galatia was. There's only a part of that, kind of the like middle section of modern-day Turkey, and. A little bit about the author of Paul, the, who wrote this letter. Paul is a Greek name, which just simply means little. So you can remind Pastor Paul of that next time you see him. <laughs> oh, I learned your name means little. Uh, but that was his Greek name. But he was born a Jew, and he born of the tribe of Benjamin. And his name that was given to him, his Hebrew name, was after the first king of Israel, Saul. And if you know that... Uh, history of israel but he became known as paul soon after his conversion to be a follower of jesus Um, you see paul was a persecutor of the followers of jesus before he was converted and he had this dramatic conversion um, experience that moved him from being a persecutor to a follower of jesus and you can read about it's mentioned later in this letter but also in detail in Acts chapter 9 if you're interested in this conversion story. And Paul was called by God to preach to the Gentiles specifically. That just means anybody who's not a Jew. So he's called to preach to the Gentiles. or in that day, a lot of them spoke Greek, so that's why he chose the name Paul instead of Saul. And then he went on this journey to this province of Galatia, and to and he planted the churches there or formed churches as he preached the gospel message of Jesus to the people there, the Gentiles. And he did this with a brother named Barnabas. And both Paul and Barnabas at this point, when he did that, they were kind of some uh, prominent leaders in the early church. So Galatians was probably, uh, the scholars estimate, around 49 that was written, 49 AD. So if you think about it, Jesus' resurrection or crucifixion happened, people guess, around 30 A.D., maybe a little earlier, maybe a little later, probably a little earlier, who knows. But so 49 A.D., roughly, that's only about less than 20 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. And so this was Paul's first missionary journey before, it was written uh, after his first missionary journey and then before the uh, council in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15 if you're familiar with some New Testament history. Yeah, so what's ideal about the Galatians is it's one of the earliest written New Testament documents that we can know. So this writing is happening early in the history of the church forming after the resurrection of Christ. So it really gives us some insight into the state of the church at that time. Ten years ago, the Gallup News Service reported the following, that about 70%, 77% of Americans identify themselves as Christians. 77%, that's 10 years ago, 2012. Uh, 18% of Americans identified themselves with no religious identity. But last year, There was another survey done by the Pew Research Center. If you look at this graph, now, as of last year, only 63% of adults identify themselves as Christians and 29% identify themselves as uh, what was commonly known as nuns or atheists, agnostics, nothing in particular when they were asked about their religious identity. The fact is that those who identify themselves as Christians has dropped significantly in the ten year, last 10 years. And why is that? Why? Well, there's a lot of possible reasons of why, and there's probably a lot of variables into that. But one big reason I portray, uh, put out there is because the church, who is us, who follow Jesus, don't really have a clear idea of what the gospel is. And we're not communicating that as well to the people that don't follow Jesus. Because face it, we too often buy into a version of the gospel that is distorted, is not true, for whatever reason. And it's constant process for you and me who follow Jesus to keep getting it right, because we often will stray. Every time you and I stray into sin, it's because we have not accepted or followed the gospel of christ in some way and so we've been led astray in that in that moment and and this things come up in the evidence of our everyday lives things that are so common to all of us in one way or another like anxiety why we are so anxious is another it's because we're in a sense at that moment holding on to something that is not the gospel of Christ, or fear, or workaholism, or addiction, or just simple laziness, right? Um, all indicate this struggle in our hearts and mind to accept and live by the tremendous good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, it affects and it's meant to transform our everyday lives to have one of peace and hope. Like Jesus said, if come to me, all, who, all of you who are Uh, heavy, burdened, and weary, and I will give you rest. That's the gospel right there. In a summary, all of us are in this process of applying the gospel to our lives over and over again in our everyday living. Now, the Galatian Christians were believing a distortion of the gospel just less than 20 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. And Paul, who was a A prominent leader, like I mentioned, in the Christian church wrote this letter to the Galatians and to these churches whose faith was turning from what he had taught them and preached to them just a few years before he wrote this letter. And so he was pretty disturbed by this. And listen to what he wrote in chapter uh, 1, verse 6. He says there, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. He is so astonished because the people that he just had taught years before are quickly getting off track and following something other than what he had taught them. They were adding things to the gospel, and Paul was very concerned because Any other gospel or anything that is added to the gospel of Jesus Christ is really no gospel at all. So we could put it this way, the gospel plus anything equals no gospel at all. Nothing at all. It's not good news anymore. It's because we've added some burden to this. But these believers did not realize that, and they were turning to something other than the gospel. And they weren't even aware of it, really. And I see this today as well. One reason why I chose this this text for us, and I need this message as well. Don't think I'm above uh, strain from the gospel, because every time we sin, we are, in a sense, taking a step away from the gospel of Christ, that truth. And for example, one sign of a distorted gospel acceptance that I see is this belief or this thinking, this way of thinking that when we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ or other people that we, we start to label them or even ourselves as, oh, they're a good Christian, or they're a bad Christian. Or maybe we don't say bad Christian, we say oh, they're not so good Christian, right? If we start thinking this way, we are starting to buy into a distortion of the gospel truth. Because what is a good Christian? How do we define that in our minds? We usually would define it, I can tell you because i think this way at times too i catch myself is that they're a good christian based on if they are in some way serving regularly faithfully or if they're going to sunday worship regularly you know consistently or if they go to a bible class on sundays like a sunday school or the youth classes or they're doing their regular daily devotions reading their bible regularly and all these things right we are basing this if they're a good Christian, it's solely based and defined on what they do and not at all on what Jesus did. The gospel is we are only good because of what Jesus did, not, not because of what we do. And so you can see it's already, we're adding it in, like, oh, they're good if they do this and this and this and this and this. We're getting to be a lot like the Pharisees, which Jesus condemned. And so we've added something to the gospel if we start to think this way. And that was the problem with the faith of the Galatians. They were not firm in their understanding of what the gospel of Jesus Christ was. And they were easily led then to believe something else. And so Paul wrote this letter to address this after his first missionary journey to Galatia. Because you see, after he had left, some Jewish believers, they they claim to be followers of Jesus, they came as well and taught the Galatians that, yes, Jesus is Savior, but, and that's the big but, right, but you need to be a Jew first before you can be saved in Christ Jesus. In a sense, guys, most Gentiles did not practice circumcision. I mean, you think about it, guys, why would you ever do that, right? But then the thing, they didn't. So they say, no, you need to be circumcised to become Jewish, and then you can you know, be uh, underneath the grace of God and Jesus Christ. Or you've got to follow the dietary laws of the Jewish people, like in the Old Testament, and you have to do this and that. And in a sense, you're not good unless you do this and this and this and this. And then you can be saved. And so they started to add all these things. And this was not what Paul preached to the Galatians. We get a little summary of what he preached uh, in our chapter, this text in the first 10 verses in verses 3 through 5. Look what he says there. Paul writes there, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, here is the summary, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He didn't say anything there, right? About becoming Jewish or anything. And then we have even a more complete record of what Paul preached to the different churches around, but it's in another letter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look what Paul wrote there. He said, now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached you, which you received on which you have taken your stand by this gospel you were saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born." Summary, right there. And then the, the verse that we know, if we've been raised in church or you've seen signs at football games, John 3.16, that is a great summary of the gospel. And this is so important because Jesus himself said these words, "'For God so loved the world "'that he gave his one and only Son, "'and whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Very short summary, but there it is, the gospel. But the gospel message had been distorted somehow with these Jewish believers coming, as I said. And so Paul writes then in verses 7 through 9 in our text, Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. This is the NIV version. And as we have already said, so now I say again. It's like saying, okay, if you didn't hear me the first time, let me say it again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you have accepted, than what you accepted, then let them be under God's curse. That's Strong's words, right? We don't usually talk to each other that way, right? I mean, I hope you don't. (laughs) Unless it's necessary. But, you know, these are really strong words. It reminds me, uh, there was a guy of this scene where there's this guy working on his car in his garage. And he was the type of guy that you did not disturb when he's working on a project. You just don't do that because he, anyway, his family knew. You don't disturb him, otherwise you're going to be in big trouble. And so his wife came out to the garage and then stood quietly next to the car and just waited for a few minutes, you know, for the right moment to say something to him. And then he, after a while, looked up at her, which was his signal that you may speak now. And so she says calmly, without any, like, you know, worry or anything in her voice, the house is on fire. You know, and, and you know, I say that because it's ridiculous, right? Because there is a time when all social polite you know, rules and etiquette goes out the window when you just bluntly have to say the problem, especially when it's an emergency, and, and this is what the Apostle Paul is doing here, because if you read all his other letters, he starts out with these encouraging words and, and all this, and all his letters except to the Galatians. He says, yeah, Apostle Paul, right, you know, and then he says, right here, bang, you know, you're you're turning away. What are you doing? What's wrong with you guys? You know, if anybody preaches anything, let be under God's curse. You know, it's not not these encouraging words here. He's just going right for the the jugular in a sense. There's definitely a time to just be blunt and state the problem, because he's so concerned that the believers that he had. Formed in the sense that these churches and told about the gospel of Jesus are turning from that foundational truth. And his point was that the people who preach anything other than the gospel were not sent by God. They were not sent by God. No matter what they claim, they're not sent by God. So this letter to the Galatians thousands of years ago is also relevant for us today. Because it's been preserved by the Holy Spirit for us today, accurately because we face the same issue. We continue to distort the gospel in our own minds and hearts if we are not careful to know what is true and what is false. There are people today perverting the gospel of Christ. Are you and I able to know what is the true gospel and what is not the true gospel, or the gospel plus something added to it? I mean, sometimes I'm asked if Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses are Christians and they are not Christians or they are not followers of the biblical Jesus that is revealed in Scripture. They add to the gospel their own ideas. They even add own words to the the Bible and they have their own versions of the Bible. If they come to your house today and presented their message, would you be able to distinguish what is true and what is false, if you are familiar with the truth of the Gospel. The Barna Research Group made the following statement in a poll they took, quote, Christians, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, and others all pray to the same God even though they use different names for that God, end quote. And then the respondents were asked to see if they agree strongly with this, agree somewhat, Disagree somewhat, disagree strongly. And uh, here's the results of that. 30% who, this is the results of those who claimed and identified themselves as born again Christians, so Christians, right? 30% agreed strongly with this statement. And then 18% agreed somewhat, and 12%, you know, they must have given an option like out of those four, and then I just don't know, and they chose that. Uh, so that if you total these up, that's 60% of those who claim to be Christians did not be able to distinguish what is true and false in their own mind. Uh, this is sad, because Jesus himself said in John seventeen three. now this is eternal life, they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. When we learn about and know Jesus personally, through faith in Him, then we have a relationship and begin to know experientially and in our minds and hearts the one and only true God, the living Creator, Redeemer of all mankind. And this is not the God of Jehovah's Witnesses, even though they do believe in a Jesus of their own definition. And it's not the God of the Mormons because they also have a Jesus in their... You know, their teachings, but it's not according to what the scriptures reveal. Uh, Don't be, you know, don't be scammed by them in that sense. Uh, You know, I I like to use this illustration of a pastor, uh, how he explained um, truth and what is false to his baptism class. Every time he had a baptism class, uh, the first class, he would start with this big jar of beans, And he'd put it out, and he'd say, okay. Uh, And, you know, he have some maybe some middle schoolers sometimes, some older people, all mixed up in his class. And he's like, okay, I want you to guess how many beans in the jar. And so, you know, he'd write their name down on the chalkboard, and he'd write down the guess of each person next to their name. And then, after that, after he finished that list, he says, okay, now just let me know, Uh, we're going to put down, what is your favorite song? So then they all told him his favorite their favorite song and he made another list and then he revealed the number of act, the actual number of beans and of course then everybody was looking on the list to see which one who got the closest uh, guess to the actual number which one was right uh or at least closest to what was right and so then you know yeah they pat the person on the back like wow you know i got closest but then the pastor would say looking at the other list he says okay now that we know which one uh, the right number for the beans which Favorite song is the right favorite song. And then, you know, the students protest and say, wait, they can't do that because, you know, favorite song is just a matter of taste. It's not, there's no right favorite song. It's just your favorites, my favorite, different. And so well, that's okay. And then the pastor says, exactly. So when you choose your faith, is it like the determining the number of beans or is it like picking your favorite song? And most of the students would always reply, "Well." Oh, it's like picking your favorite song. And that's the distortion that we all bear in our society is that we, we think like, oh, well, I, can, you know, I have faith in what I believe and what you believe, and that's okay, you know, because it's, it's, you know, it's like choosing a favorite song. It's like our, our own taste. But there is absolute truth. And if you don't follow the absolute truth, who is Jesus, he said, I am the truth, right? The way, the truth, the life. If we don't follow him, then you're wrong. So it's like choosing the beans, what number of beans there are. That's what Christ's message is so radical. You either follow him, or you're just going to go your own way and end up with everybody else who's to go, who chooses against him. This is the perversion of the gospel message right now. If we think that we can just make up what we want and then just follow it, but we'll reap the consequences because we will have anxiety and despair and things like that because whatever we are following will never give us the ultimate satisfaction and meaning that christ only can give so the challenge for us today is to identify when we begin to live in a distort, in a distorted sense of the gospel um, the true gospel is revealed in the bible written in god's inspired words so the more we know of the scriptures gradually and it's a process the more we know what the truth is. So the key is we need to somehow continue to ground ourselves in the truth. And we will only then, by knowing the written Word of God, be able to know the living Word of God, who is Jesus Christ. So the way we can do this is get involved in a community that studies the Word or talks about the Word or tries to apply the Word. And that's what our life groups are all about. So, I encourage you, if you're not involved in a fellowship already, join a life group. And by the way, we have this week as well before life groups start next week. So, use this week. I mean, even right now, during the sermon, pull out your phone, I don't care, your tablet, whatever. Sign up for a life group on our website. It's okay, it would be a good thing. Or join one of our Sunday classes for adults or youth. Um, we love, when we love someone, don't we want to know them more? And we do whatever it takes to know them more spend time with them and it's the same if we want to if we really claim to love christ jesus then we want to know him more if we don't really want to know him more then we don't fool yourself you don't love jesus no you might like the idea of jesus and what he can do for you but you don't love him if you're not desiring to spend time with him and so you know therefore commit to try to just Take that time to read his word, to pray, those things. These things are not going to make you a good Christian. They're just going to make you, in a sense, know him more, the one that hopefully you love. And, and the Lord Christ will then transform us, and we will be able to better identify when we get off track and start to distort the gospel in our minds and our hearts to something else. Start small. If you are not have that ra- uh, habit now, start small. Just a few minutes like maybe when you start your day, even if you get up super late or whatever. But when you start your day and you're drinking something or eating something at the beginning of your day, just look at a verse. Uh, I, I can suggest these, uh, the BibleGateway.com is a website you can visit if you're on your computer, or the UVersion Bible app is something you can download for your mobile device, tablet or phone. Both of these provide a daily verse. And you can just... Click on it, look at it. It'll pull up the daily verse right there while you're eating, drinking. Read that verse and just think about the truth that that verse states and what it means for your heart and for your day. That would be a start to get God's word into you every day. If you want to read more, there's a group of us going through a Bible reading plan that's a chapter of day. Uh, it's not that much, but it's, it's good. It's regular and uh, it's good to do it with people so you can talk about it. And so you can, if you're interested in that, you can talk to me, and it's really easy to join up. It's actually using the YouVersion Bible app. There's a whole bunch of reading plans, and we're using one of those. You see, the more we can know the Word of God, the more we will know the Word of God, which is Jesus. And then we will be able to know when we're straying from the gospel. The question to each of us today is, from this text is, is there evidence in our lives that we may be turning from the gospel or we don't really understand the gospel of Christ? Is there evidence that we're turning away? And if so, what is the distorted belief that is turning us away in the root of our hearts? We're going to talk a lot more about this as we go through Galatians because uh, it continues to deal with this. And so I look forward to that. Well, let's let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for your truth and the challenge of it. And Lord, we know that your gospel, the good news that you are yourself, that you embody as Savior and Redeemer and Forgiver and Transformer and Creator, that that frees us, it truly frees us from our slavery to ourselves and our own thinking, slavery to sin and pursuing things for our own gain, as when we give up ourselves, we truly gain ourselves in you because you are the one who created us in the first place. Lord, I pray that as your body of Christ here, that your gospel would form in us more and that we in this process would form into your, your body on earth doing the things that you've called us to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.